0: Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of Trashy Divorces. Trashy Divorces. Everybody wants to rule the world this week. Let's talk about, God, Tears for Fears rocking my middle school 1985 (laughs) world with their release of songs from the big chair. It's a great song. It is a great song. Titling this episode where we talk about people with two very different power quests that turned out very differently from
1: each other alicia who uh who are you telling us the story of this week uh
0: the tragedy of mary queen of scots the woman with the worst taste in men and trust issues <laughs> out the yin yang mm. so many it has everything it has plots and true crime adjacent and murders and it's good madness how about you
1: I have uh, I have a gentleman named Rupert Murdoch, who
0: I think you mean Scrooge McDuck.
1: <laughs> I have a gentleman named Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> um, he's, I, as I'm sure everyone is aware, is a media mogul who has a global media empire and way too much influence and is basically a walking advertisement for antitrust enforcement. But what do I know? I don't know. Their two quests for power turned out a little differently. <sighs> do you think it is based on their... Assigned
0: gender. <laughs> I don't know. Like female versus male. Mm-hmm. like they, I don't know. Very interesting. It's two really good stories this week. Before we get into that, y'all. Patreon. When we left you two weeks ago, we did really appreciate our break. We've got so much mm-hmm. fun stuff coming up for you. Yep. And Patreon, we still uh, did all the great stuff over there. What's been happening? I had my June bonus divorce and my July bonus divorce told the story of Stonewall. Yep. Celebrate, with,
1: celebrating the anniversary of Stonewall. Celebrating
0: the anniversary of Stonewall, where the gay community broke up with the establishment in 1969. We celebrated Independence Day with the trashy divorce of Ed Robertson and Stephen Page of the Bare Naked Ladies. You gotta go Canadian. It was amazing. How
1: do you celebrate America without celebrating Canada?
0: We've still been dropping stuff on Trashy Tidbits, like we do twice a week. We had more royal updates Pets and Princess Margaret and astrology and frogmore. Uh-huh. Yep. We had some presidential prenups, some presidential bar tabs, a little oh, yeah. Taylor Swift and share too. Oh oh oh. And we did launch our easy peasy book club over on Patreon for our $10 patrons. We're their special benefit. We're starting an easy peasy book club, which is the book club for lazy and smart people yes all books are 200 pages or less Mm -hmm. this month we're reading the daughter of time by josephine tay just such a good book whether you do the book club or not like yeah please read the book it's if you're uh trashy tutor adjacent it's about the princes in the tower in a really fun way it's an amazing little mystery novel oh fun with dunna's coming back this week oh and i have a super good trashy tutors coming as well i'm gonna give you a really good overview on the hundred years war and the War of the Roses. So that backdrop is set for all the Tudor trash candy that we're going to be doing in the coming months. And I have to take a breath because we have so many names. We have so many names. We also- asked. We asked. Like, hey, guys, yeah. can you get us to 100? Holy crap. Yep. We have 120 patrons on yep. Patreon.
1: Yep. You You take a breath. I will start them out let's start um, our magic mirror yes thank you to carrie charlotte rachel ann amanda ashley
0: ria claire patty dana kathy
1: catlin isabella robin kate jamie
0: kelly yvette pilar one of my very favorite names in the whole world circa one of our very favorite people in the whole world indeed. uh
1: jessica also jessica Jana, two, different to- two, two, two totally Jessica's. different Jessicas, just back to back. Thank you both. And Jana, Amber, Jeffrey, Lindsay, and Melanie, thank, thank you, you so all. much.
0: We hope that you are enjoying all of the fun trash candy that is happening over on Patreon. For y'all who just can't get enough trashy divorces, come on over there. We're dropping, I don't know, two to four extra hours of bonus content a week that is... It's
1: it's us goofing off mostly like there's well-researched
0: goofing. Oh,
1: sure. But it's a little looser than it's a little looser. And we appreciate all y'all
0: for supporting us over there. Y'all are the very best. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And holy cats. You ready to do this episode? Yeah, I am. One billion Scrooge McDuck trash cans. Everybody wants to rule the world. Everybody wants to rule the world. Go, go, go.
1: So Alicia, oh Stacy, who wants to rule the world? Where you are, Mary this Queen week? of
0: Scots, wants to rule the world.
1: Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. From what I know of that story, she really did want to rule the world, but it didn't go too denied. great for her. Yeah, denied. yeah, pretty denied.
0: So you know that I'm always writing with a dedication. One of our favorite things that happens, at least my favorite thing that happens, is when we get emails to trashy divorces that are like, yeah. I felt really crappy about this bad relationship I had until I heard this podcast. So, all y'all, we do appreciate that. <laughs> we do. This one is for all y'all with lousy pickers because I'm going to make you feel a whole lot better about your choice of picker by talking about Mary Queen of Scots. It's all the bad relationships. Can you, you explain the,
1: them. the picker thing? Is it just people who pick poorly? People who pick, yeah. Okay. You got a,
0: it's a Southern thing. You got a bad picker. <laughs> Um, that probably phrasing (laughs) again. Okay. So today I'm bringing you the bad relationships of Mary, Queen of Scots. Technically the only divorce that happens in this story is between Mary and her head in 1587, (laughs) but there's a lot that goes on before she kind of seals her whole fate. (laughs) This story has everything. If you're playing along with trashy divorces, bingo, bad choices in men, Captures, escapes, murders, plots of all nefarious things. Mary, just to set the stage, born December 8th, 1942. She's a... 19 when? Mary is born December 8th,
1: 1542. (laughs) Seems more right.
0: (laughs) She's a Sagittarius. It's a fire sign. Sagittariuses are known for being open and assertive and a little restless She's a believer in honesty, being the best policy. But Sagittariuses often have a very frank and blunt way of communicating. Boy, that turtleneck really hides your double chin. You look great in it. <laughs> like that's kind of um, oh, wow. Okay, Sagittarius. Uh, in all matters of life, Sagittariuses are assertive and confident. If there's something on your mind, you make sure others know. Restless and varied, hard time settling. Not doing a lot on astrology here, but just want to set the stage that Mary is a fire sign. She's a Sag. Bless her little heart. So Mary is the daughter of James V of Scotland. Okay. King of Scotland. And his second wife, Mary of Guise. Now. Of Guise? Of Guise. Of Guise? Yes, Mary of Guise. Mary of Guise. G-U-I-S-E. This is one of the... French territories sure? that we learned about in Eleanor of Aquitaine. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what you have to know is that Mary, Queen of Scots, who will be Queen of Scots when she is six days old because her dad dies when she's six days old. Mary is the daughter of Margaret Tudor, who is Henry VIII's sister. Okay. This makes Mary the great-granddaughter of Henry Seventh. Okay. She's, what the, What does this mean? She's in line for the English throne. She's not at the top of the list, because at this point, when she's born in 1542, Henry VIII has three kids, Mary, Elizabeth, and Edward. She's not super high on the list, but she's on the list along with her cousins, Jane Grey, Catherine Grey, who are all the granddaughters of Mary Tudor, Henry's other sister. Like, okay. you remember the Tudors just kill everybody off. Right, right. Is, okay. Mary is born and raised way Roman Catholic. This is going to be important oh, to yeah. remember. Yeah, it will. All the way through the story because religion is going to cause some problems. Sure. 16th century Europe. Yeah. Bad scene. Mary's life kind of starts out rough. Her daddy dies when she's six days old and now she's Queen of Scotland. She is coronated as Queen of Scotland at nine months old. And being a girl, her value is what being marrying material. Yeah, already a hot commodity on the European marriage market.
1: Just right out of the womb. Right out of the womb. Are already making plans for that. That's it. But well, it's. But I was gonna say when you said you know value of a girl, I was gonna say nothing. But obviously, no, no, she's I'm a hot commodity.
0: Very valuable on the European marriage market. And Henry the wants her for Edward. France wants her. Like Scotland's kind of a Yeah. I mean it's backwater, but it's a prize in the crown just for the land of the proximity to England. When it's when she's 5, it has been decided that she will be a French queen. So her mama, Mary of Guise, ships her off to France to be raised in the French court alongside her fiance, Francois, the Dauphin of France, not the dolphin, the Dauphin of France. Dauphin. The Dauphin who is the son of Henry II and Catherine Medici.
1: Okay. Got to interrupt though, because yeah. the French have their dolphins. The English have the Prince of Wales. They all have sea armies, right? No.
0: Doesn't <laughs> happen till 1588 in the Spanish Armada when that comes in. Ah, so uh, no. yes. Okay. okay. So besides just being a queen of Scotland mm-hmm. and heir to the English throne, Mary is also on her other side, a granddaughter of Claude, Duke of Guise, who is an influential figure in the court of France. So her being betrothed to the Dauphin secures this Catholic alliance between France and Scotland.
1: Mm,
0: okay, Mary of Guise and all of Mary's uncles are in charge of Scotland now. So she's in France. Baby kid. Described as charming, sweet, lovely, like she's the perfect child She does have four ladies-in-waiting that are going to be known throughout Europe for her entire life as the four Marys. Mary Seton, Mary Fleming, Mary Livingston, and Mary Beaton. Hmm. They're like her fucking Spice Girls. Okay. She's got Mary and her four Marys. Okay. I'm thinking about covering the four Marys this week on Trashy Tidbits because it's just a fun story. But these women stay with Mary.
1: They should be the opening act for Six. As exactly musical. the four
0: Marys. There's your spinoff <laughs> for Six the Musical. These Marys stay with Mary. It's also confusing throughout most of her life and are almost just as legendary. So Mary is growing up and being educated at the French court, which is the most regal, polished, fanciest court in the land, very different from Backwater Scotland, yeah. which she doesn't really remember at all. Let's talk about Mary's first husband. Okay. Francois. Francois. Old Frankie, the Dauphin. Okay. He is a tiny kid. He is a sickly kid. But they are brought up together totally. I feel like this is a common story with French uh, nobles. Well. Was it the hemophilia? He has got some things. Well, here's the thing. Henry II and Catherine de' Medici did not have kids for 10 years. Like, this was an arranged marriage. We're going to hear a little bit. Okay. Hold on. By all accounts, Francois, little Frankie, adores her, and Mary mothers Frankie, which is probably good because his mom is kind of nasty. Okay. Catherine de' Medici loves her husband. She loves power more. Henry II does not love her. He has a mistress, Diane de Poitiers. Catherine is involved in a lot of power plays, some occult stuff. She's a big supporter of Nostradamus. Oh, yeah. Wow. Just just little Little bit players in the stories we tell. It's so much fun. And as mother-in-laws go, like in Eleanor of Aquitaine, we heard about Matilda and Adelaide. Mm -hmm. Add Catherine de' Medici up there with mother-in-laws from hell. Because she does not like Mary. Right. She's like the only person in the court that does not like Mary. But no matter. Mary cements this alliance and Catherine de' Medici is all business. So on April 24th, 1558, Mary and Francois are married at Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris. This is a coup for France. She has signed over her claim to Scotland to Francois. With children, now they rule not just France, but Scotland and England too. Like, there's this thing with French and England, they're always claiming that they're the king right. of the other one. Right. This is a huge power play. But Frankie has undescended testicles, and he's a little sickly. And no children come from the marriage, although Mary does end up being Queen of France for like a hot minute. Okay. <laughs> in 1559, like a year later, Henry II is injured in a jousting accident. Really? Get, joust for life, yo. Can't make Good it Good Lord. A spear pierces through his visor into his eye and an infection sets into his brain. He lingers on for what like a week and a half. A
1: way to go. Ugh.
0: But does die from his injury on July 10th. And now Francois and Mary are king and queen of France.
1: But what the hell? <laughs> dude, hold
0: on. Like this story is you don't even know. But that doesn't last terribly long either. Nobody is really sure what illness takes Francois down. Jesus. And ear condition, meningitis, mastoditis. It seriously could have been like anything at the time. All of it's bad. But Francois dies seven after 17 months on the throne. December 5th, 1560. Happy 18th birthday to Mary. She is a widow at 18. She's about to turn 18 and she's been the queen of France and now she's a widow. Husband number one, Boom. dead. Yeah. Okay. God. Mary sticks around France for a while, kind of trying to find her footing. But Catherine de' Medici is like, oh, fuck no. Uh, this isn't going to happen I don't want you anywhere in this because it takes away my ability to regent for the next son. Right. In June of 1561, Mary's mother, Mary of Guise, dies.
1: May, may I ask, um, mm-hmm. what is the status of Scotland?
0: I'm about to tell you. Okay. So for all this time, Mary okay. of Guise has been taking care of Scotland along with James V's illegitimate son. Okay. So... All of her uncle lords, her illegitimate half-brother, and her mom have been handling Scotland. Right, caretakers. That's right. But by the summer of 1561, Mary is coming on back to Scotland to see what her next adventure is going to be. Her mom, in June of 1561, Mary of Guise dies. So now Mary, Queen of Scots, is actually going to become Queen of Scots. Heads on back to Scotland in the summer, 1561. Now her half-brother has been regent and along comes Mary and he kind of gets booted and he's holding a few grudges because as she's coming over, he's like, yeah, she can be the figurehead and I'll run it, which was a great imaginary idea in his brain, but it's not going to happen because he doesn't know Mary. So Mary's back over ruling Scotland for a while. And this really shakes the place up. Her uncles and her half-brother are like, hey, We liked it a lot better before you came back. We are a firmly Protestant country and you cannot just waltz back in here with all your Catholic nonsense, which she does. And it rolls like this for a while. But let's just take a quick accounting. Mary is hot, like beautiful hot, Wonder Woman hot. She is 5'11", which is unheard of for a woman in those days. She has long auburn hair. She is beautiful and she likes to hunt and play with the best of them. She is charming and magnetic and has that thing where if she's talking to you, you are the only person in the room. She is mesmerizing. And again, on the marriage market. Okay.
1: The Elizabeth Taylor of her day. (laughs) Kind
0: of it. So let's take account for what's happening in England right now because they've had a rough time of it. Henry VIII has died. So has his son, Edward. So has Bloody Mary. And Elizabeth assumes the throne in 1558. There are now two queens. They're cousins. Oh, my sweet sister. They play this game of letters. Mary is totally a threat to Elizabeth. Right. Who has said she will never marry because Elizabeth knows her value is not in getting married and handing her power over. So by the time Lady Jane Grey gets knocked off in the mid-1550s, Mary really is heir to the English throne. Period. There's nobody left around. England is Protestant now, too. And a lot of people in England still think Elizabeth is a bastard and doesn't really have a claim to the throne
1: anyway. Two queens. Because she's Anne Boleyn's daughter and they didn't. Recognize the validity of the divorce. That's
0: absolutely correct.
1: I'm learning. I learned things, Alicia. Trashy divorces. You want to pass your AP (laughs) history
0: class? No kidding. This is what you listen to. No (laughs)
1: kidding. Okay. Sorry for the F-bomb. Sorry.
0: (laughs) So two queens rival countries are playing this passive aggressive game with each other because Elizabeth is really concerned about what Mary's going to do next. She is beautiful and charming and in her early 20s and ripe to make another alliance and Elizabeth is so fucking crazy about this. By 1564, she starts giving her pony boy, Robert Dudley, mm-hmm. titles, Earl of Leicester, and tries to promote him on to Mary. to, hey, why don't Mary and Robert, you guys marry, and so that way you'll be totally allegiant to me. Poor pony boy. Like, we covered his story on yeah. Patreon, and it's good. Check it out if you want to hear that trash. But Mary's like, no fucking way. am I going to marry your pony boy, Elizabeth. He's super Protestant and maybe killed his wife and is your lover. So fuck right <laughs> off. That is like three strikes. Right? <laughs> but Mary has her sights set on someone else. And oh, this is just going to go all kinds of bad. Like sideways doesn't even begin to cut it here. Mary falls in love, head over heels in love with this ass face named Henry Stewart. Lord Donnelly. Wait, Henry Stewart? Henry Stewart. Okay. This is the beginning of the Stuart lineage. Like, hang tight, but Lord Darnley. Think Joffrey from Game of Thrones. Oh, good. Okay, good, so good, good. through the courtship, he's charming and dashing and wonderful. And Mary has, like, fucking flipped over him. She is filled with lust and is like a schoolgirl. Like, writing Mrs. Darnley on her notebooks. Like, it is middle school ridiculous. Because who has she had? Francois? A sickly little kid and, like... Mary says that Lord Darnley is the best proportioned long man she's ever seen. So gross. And he loves it, and he's eating it up because he can't wait to be the king of Scotland. Sure. Okay. And possibly England. Let's talk about Lord Darnley for a second. This is going to get confusing, but I've tried to make it as simple as I can. His mother is a woman named Margaret Douglas, who is also Mary's aunt. Margaret Douglas is the daughter of Margaret Tudor. Okay. Henry VIII's sister. So Margaret Douglas is the half sister of James V, the dead king. Are you with me? Okay. Let's say that I am. (laughs) So Margaret Douglas is technically the heir to the English throne too, even though she's in Scotland. Oh, I see. She and James V, the dead king of Scotland, they have the same mom but different dads. So what does that mean? It means that Lord Darnley is right in line after Mary for the English throne. And now they're going to double up on the Scottish stage. And now Elizabeth is really starting to panic. Like, she does not give permission for this. This is in no way. What the fuck? You guys can't double up on me. But Margaret Douglas... Has very big plans for her son. And she is not afraid to steer him in a way which he can manifest her plans of greatness. She's the daughter of... a Margaret Tudor in her own right was Queen of Scotland. Like, she's got plans that uh, everybody wants to rule the world. Right. In this story. Yeah. Okay. Jeez. Mary does marry Henry Stuart Lord Donnelly in... July, Despite not getting Elizabeth's permission. Oh, didn't get her permission. They're fucking cousins. They're not even, like, their consanguinity is so close. They do not have papal dispensation. They get married before papal dispensation comes because she's so lusty about him. Okay. And this is the bad part because I've known people like this. You meet somebody, they charm your little socks off, you get married, and the next day you wake up and they are a totally different person. (sighs) Lord Darnley. I'm guessing not in a good way. No, no. Once married, Lord Darnley is mean and violent and an angry drunk and just doesn't understand why Mary won't, like, crown him king and just let him be in charge of the country. And he's pouting and mad, and he's a cheater. He's going to
1: male brothels a lot. Wow. And Mary's like, what the fuck have I done? Did not know there were male brothels back then. Good on them. Look at history drawing up the human experience. So Darnley's kind of rebuffed.
0: He is pretty much set to the side and consumed by jealousy. And it's announced that Mary, woo, is pregnant. Rumors circulate around the court that darnley is not the father the child's real father is this man named david rizzio who
1: what just introduced some italian guy he's an italian guy Oh, he's an italian
0: courtier who has now become mary's private secretary because mary has shit instincts with who to trust just shit instincts
1: david rizzio mary's private secretary he must be so unhappy in scotland though Can you imagine? He's Mary's private secretary. He's doing great until March
0: 9th. Just thinking weather-wise. 1566. When he and Mary are privately having sup in her apartments. Is that a code? Supper. (laughs) They're supping. No, I I know. They're supping. And uh, set the stage. Mary's six months pregnant. And in comes a whole gang of people which proceed to murder David Rizzio Stab him 56 times in front of Mary. Whoa. Yeah, this is March 9th, 1566.
1: Whoa.
0: They've been married not like a few months. Like, yeah, 56 times. There's a true crime adjacent.
1: Wow. And this is Lord Danley's peeps coming in to defend his honor or whatever? Yep, yep.
0: Darnley is
1: thought to be behind the
0: plot. Like, Mary's just having dinner with her four Marys and Rizzio Mm. and... Darnley comes in and accuses his wife of adultery and has this group of knaves. Murder David, who was hiding behind Mary. Mary's held at gunpoint while this happens. Rizzio's stabbed numerous times, like 56 times. 17 people are listed in connection with Rizzio's murder. Jesus. On March 21st, Mary has darnley declared innocent of the murder. Okay, well... So Mary does give birth June 19th, 1566 to James, sweet baby James. Lord Darnley does not attend his baptism. Yikes. It's clear when the baby comes out, the baby does not belong to David Rizzio. He, David is described as the ugliest man in Europe. Like he's not a looker, but he's very loyal to Mary and now dead.
1: But, okay. you're, but you're saying it's clear the baby was not his. It's not his. Okay.
0: Okay. So, baby's born, mm-hmm. Ritzio's dead, Darnley is still a problem, and Mary's pissed. She's really pissed. And she wants to be rid of Darnley, and she knows he is also plotting to overthrow her to make his claim oh on Scotland God. and England. So, she goes to her senior counsel like, hey, you guys, what are the chances I can get a uh, trashy divorce here? <laughs> I know that Darnley and I are cousins, and we may have broken some consanguinity things, and... Her advisors are like, you got to have an annulment if you want to do this, but that puts sweet baby James and his legitimacy and his claims for
1: oh, right in question.
0: Oh, oh. So what's the alternative? Divorce isn't going to stop Darnley's ass face planning to overthrow you. Right. You so still got a claim. Yeah, Maybe let's kill Darnley.
1: That does seem like the most reasonable. Murder has to be a better <laughs> option. Well, he's already marched into her room and murdered a guy in front of her. Seems like we know how this game is played now. Mary's kind of see no evil, hear no evil. I don't know anything
0: about this. But yeah, let's go ahead and kill Darnley. Okay. So there's this dude named James Hepburn. Bothwell. He's the Earl of Bothwell is his title. And we're just going to call him that from now on. The council recruits Bothwell to do this. And Bothwell is known Mary. He was one of her suitors back after Francois died. He was allegiant to Mary of Guise. He's a family friend, blah, blah, blah.
1: So this is literally like her her cabinet basically is interviewing assassins. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it's government was different than I hope. So Lord Darnley... <laughs> Blesses poor little
0: penis, gets syphilis. And he heads off to this place called Kirkofield to recuperate. Sure. And everybody's scheming. Her senior counsel, Mary Bothwell. Let's go ahead and interject a William Cecil from England, Elizabeth's secretary of state and senior advisor. He knows how dangerous Mary is to Elizabeth. And he is a hundred percent in for the murder plan. He knows about it. He supports it. There are plots all over the place. That first guy doesn't get it done. He will. I mean, well, he does. <laughs> oh, great. He does. Cheers. In 1587. So William Cecil. Just takes him a little bit longer. Well, right. He's fresh off killing
1: Amy Yeah, Dropsart, I was just so, about to say, right. like,
0: it's not his first,
1: not his first killing.
0: But there are plots all over the place. And not only some of Mary's senior counselors are trying to get rid of Darnley, they may be trying to get rid of Mary as well, too. Because, right, her Scottish uncle lords, her half brother, everybody's like, fuck, you've just fucked it up. So, if we can clear out Darnley, get you and Bothwell incriminated, like there's a lot of plotting happening.
1: Yeah. And again, it's a place with bad weather. And so you have a lot of time to sit around scheming. But she has a son now. There's a legitimate heir to the throne,
0: a son. So now they have a king. They can get rid of their dorky queen, their wacky Catholic queen, get her out of the way, and raise him Protestant. And make him president. (laughs) Kidding. The plan does not go that great. February 10th, 1567. Y'all, they have been married less than two years. And the plot is to murder him by (laughs) gunpowder. I can't. The conspirators? Not not
1: by shooting him with a... No. With a...
0: Wait. Conspirators fill his room with gunpowder. So the Guy Fox
1: approach to assassinating like, this, this was
0: let's see how this works for Guy Fox and give him some tips Good in uh, 1605. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the conspirators fill his room with gunpowder, and Darnley's like, "What the fuck?" Climbs out his window in a nightshirt and ends up getting strangled with one of his men, like in the courtyard, dead. Husband number two, done.
1: <laughs> I okay.
0: Okay. It's not even crazy yet. Oh, okay. On. Here's where it gets crazy. <laughs> April 12, 1567 is Bothwell's trial, which lasts all of seven hours. He's acquitted. Now, let me give you a little bit of the deets on Bothwell. He's married right now, April twelfth, to this lady named Lady Jean Gordon. He's only been married like a year, but divorce proceedings are already underway, citing his adultery with her servant, Bessie Crawford. Yikes. Their divorce will be granted May 7th, 1567. But hold on. These are a few big months for old Bothwell. He's killed Lord Darnley. He's getting a divorce. <laughs> Two weeks later, after his trial, April 24th, he shows up with 800 men to rescue Mary, or I'm doing quotes, kidnap Kid- Mary. Kidnap
1: is the word I've or heard.
0: take her to safety, She goes with him. Mm -hmm. 800 men. Once at Dunbar Castle, he allegedly rapes her, which may be, but maybe not. This is very hotly contested. But now that I have succumbed and been soiled by this man, I have no choice but to marry him. So she's his prisoner all the way through. Hold on. And wife. No, all the way. He's not divorced yet. Oh. oh. She's his prisoner for another two weeks until May 7th when his divorce comes through. And by May 12th, she's vesting him with titles. And sure the fuck enough, May 15th, they marry at Holyrood.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: This sets Scotland into a rage. Like, Scotland is like... I would think... Oh, my God, Mary, what have you done? Yeah. Sides are chosen, and seriously, we just got her out of the worst situation ever, and she heads barrel first into another shit show? What is wrong with this girl? So, the showdown happens June 16th, a month after the wedding. One month. The Scottish nobles are coming for Bothwell. He kisses Mary and rides the fuck off in the sunset, never to see her again. No one is chase. Yeah, 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 yeah. No one story. is chasing him too hard initially because if they capture him in Scotland, the whole dirty plot comes out. You've got three hundred co-conspirators who all have one little tiny dirty part of this plan. So, husband number three, gone. He is captured on his international flight to safety path. And is imprisoned in Dragsholm Castle outside of Copenhagen, becomes insane and lives until 1578 where he dies.
1: Okay. Okay. In a castle in Copenhagen. Insane. Uh-huh. Okay.
0: Now, this same night that Bothwell kisses and rides off into the, I'm going to go insane in a Copenhagen a Castle sunset. A Denmarkian. And- all of the lords take Mary and imprison her in Lochleven Castle which literally is a castle that sits in the middle of an island, okay? So, in the third week of July, so like a month later, she miscarries
1: twins. Oh, God.
0: Bothwell's twins. Yeah,
1: well, clearly, yeah.
0: This happens like somewhere between July 20th, July 23rd. On July 24th, think about the last two years of her life. This is boom, 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 boom. July 24th, she is forced to abdicate her crown and turn it over to sweet baby James. Some say she was threatened at knife point. She signs it over and now she's stuck at Lockleven Castle, castle in the middle of an island. There's no escape. But never let Mary fool you because she has some charm. She's captured and ends up charming her way off that fucking island by May of 1568 and raises an army of, like, 6,000 men, and she needs to get the fuck out of Scotland. Done. But where to go?
1: Yeah. She's got two choices.
0: Fair question. England or France. Denmark, obviously. No. (laughs) France, in the long run, probably would have kept her alive if she had gone to France and just laid low. But instead, she heads on down to England, thinking certainly her sweet sister and cousin Elizabeth, who they have written Mm -hmm. letters which Mm -hmm. are all very passive-aggressive and... Of course I support you and sure. blah, 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 blah. Elizabeth is going to welcome her and give her safety and compassion and all those things. Mm. Is that what happens? Elizabeth locks her up for like the next 19 years.
1: 19
0: years. Yeah. Okay.
1: But can... hold on. Okay. So when yeah. I say
0: locked up, mm-hmm. I mean, she's queen, she's, right? Yeah. She's an aristocrat. So So she has ladies. She has a household staff. Mm-hmm. She has a jailer whose wife is Bess of Hardwick, which is a trashy tutors in the making She stays with George Talbot and Bess for like 15 years and great comfort. Pretty much breaking financially George Talbot and Bess of Hardwick, but okay. It's 15 years in when she changes jailers that the trouble really begins because there have been plots. for years and years and years because she just can't stay out of the thick of it. Right. Elizabeth and Mary never do meet. And old, they never meet. Well, wow. Their whole lives. And all Mary wants is to meet. Certainly if Elizabeth meets me and sees how gracious and charming and wonderful I am. And right. that I'm not a threat even though I want to rule the world. Sir, okay. But William Cecil is interfering. And maybe sets her up in this thing called the Babington Plot. Where he and Walsingham, his little secret service guy, are trying to set Mary up to be taken down, which they do. And once sweet baby James is actually grown, she's still writing to him, I'm your mother, you know. And he's like, once he turns 18 and fully assumes and mm-hmm. is starting to do his thing, and his uncles are taking a back seat, he's like, Mom. I'm not coming to save you. Yeah,
1: you're You're a wacky
0: Catholic queen. Yeah. We're done. Yeah. Mary's devastated. By 1586, Mary is really in the thick of it and is discovered plotting to assassinate Elizabeth.
1: Yeah. See, that's her downfall. It wasn't that she just couldn't.
0: Everybody wants to rule the
1: world. Couldn't keep well enough alone. So she's implicated
0: in August of that year. She's Mm -hmm. found guilty in October, Mm -hmm. sentenced to death. By February 1st, Elizabeth does sign her death warrant, and Cecil has, for 20 years, woken up every day with one thought in his head. Mary, Queen of Scots, has to die. Mary, Queen of Scots, has to die. As soon as Elizabeth's ink is on that death warrant, Cecil is chomping at the bit to kill her, which he does. She is beheaded badly at Fotheringay Castle on February 8th, 1587. This goes bad. The first blow misses her. It's badly executed. Whoa. And Ugh. like it takes a few chops. And when it's done, the executioner holds her head up when the dirty deed is done and finds out all of her lovely auburn hair is really just a, a wig. wig. I'd, heard, uh-huh. I'd heard about that. Like the whole thing is a mess. And now <gasps> Mary is made out to be a Catholic martyr. And that is the end of Mary, Queen of Scots. Ugh. Terrible taste in men, listening to the wrong people, trusting, and so stupid all at the same time. Her son does succeed Elizabeth upon her death in 1603 and assumes the throne of Scotland and England. So he is James VI in Scotland. Now he's James I in England. He's the rightful heir, which effectively ends the Tudor dynasty and begins the Stuart dynasty. For a united England and Scotland.
1: Hmm.
0: Hmm. There's so much more to that story, but through the lens of trashy divorces, we have a a death, a murder, and a ride off in the sunset Madness. and a beheading. That's the story of Mary Queen of Scots. Man. Yeah. I'm so glad we don't live back then. Mary. So I maybe you feel better about your terrible taste in your pickers now. Mary did it worse. God bless her. I'm so conflicted. I have a hard time with Mary because I love her. And then I'm like, God, why are you so stupid all the time? Some people are.
1: Some people are. Anyway, that's a trashy love divorce murder arc. Yeah. Uh, Mary Queen of Scots. It's a really good story. The, the, the hotly disputed kidnapping slash arranged her own kidnapping with her boyfriend. It's tricky, right? Is it is I mean, it it's so fascinating because, you know, one of those things is a horrific crime and the other is still sort of a horrific crime for a, a ruler to do. Like there's four more
0: hours I can talk about with the lords and the plots and how it all, but Sure. Sure. That's the shakedown. Yeah. That's the shakedown. Whew. Mary Queen of Scots. All right. All right, let's take a quick break. Uh stay tuned. For an important announcement, Indeed. especially if you live in Atlanta or near an airport. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back with a, another story of my in the world. Oh,
1: yeah. Hi, everybody. I'm Katie Segal. And I'm Kurt Sutter. And welcome to our new podcast called Pi,
0: People, Influences, and Experiences.
1: Yes, it's sort of the uh, get-to-know-ya at a deeper level who what when where and why you are rather than what it is you do absolutely we're not going to talk too much about what people do we just want to know about their families where they come from you know what shapes their parenting if they have kids what shapes their marriages if they're married
0: So, Stacy, my uh, Trashy Divorces profile for the week did not do so great with ruling the world, but I think your profile this week succeeded a little better.
1: Yeah. But yeah. Bad
0: at bad at marriage. Oh, terrible at marriage. <laughs> what you got?
1: Terrible at marriage. A gentleman you may have heard of by the name of Rupert Murdoch, Ugh. who founded what is now News Corp. Sure. Owner of many, many things. Including Fox News,
0: I think he owns the world. Is that right? He's
1: probably. I mean, it, there's a strong case to be made that he is the most powerful person on earth. Like he breaks governments when they upset him.
0: So the most powerful and vindictive person mm-hmm. on Lord Donnelly. <laughs>
1: yeah, he's. Okay. I mean, he's. Uh, it, weirdly, though, as we will see, he also has this like charming depth of warmth. I, I can't it's, wait to it's hear just, this story. This guy is upsetting. Talk I, to me. I would love to tell you a funny story about media mogul and News Corp chief Rupert Murdoch. But his story and its effects on the world, it's not particularly funny. Sorry. He's been married four times, divorced wow. three. And his last wife, his third wife, uh, Wendy Dang, is widely believed to be a spy. Dang. I mean, it's like, dang. It We're is. not
0: saying... That she is a Chinese spy.
1: She's widely believed to be a spy. Not by us. Just Some by people, people might say.
0: I can't wait to hear the story.
1: So it is, it's all of it is Rupert Murdoch's life is a wild story, but it's not funny. Okay, let's get into it.
0: It's perfect for a comedy podcast. I know, let's go. right? I know. As I was writing this, I was like, damn it,
1: it's not. Keith Rupert Murdoch was born March 11th, 1931 in Melbourne, Australia. It's a Pisces. The son of a newspaper man, ah. also named Keith Murdoch.
0: That's original.
1: His fa- <laughs> his father had been a war correspondent during World War I, and he built the template that Rupert would just run with. So in 1920, dad's a big shot Australian correspondent in London, um, he is offered the editor ship of the Melbourne Herald, and comes home to Australia. Melbourne. Melbourne. Hi, Aussies. Hey, Aussies. Uh, I uh, I hope I get this right for you. In 1926, he begins buying up other newspapers and then radio stations. He ends up buying all three local newspapers in the city of Adelaide, so suddenly he's a monopolist. Wow. So, yeah, by the mid-30s, he steered the Herald into radio as well. I think they were invested in, like, 11 radio stations across Australia. He was really into, like, new technologies and how he could use them okay for his own enrichment, sure, personal gain. Um, and he starts involving his papers in politics, which, Goody. I mean, when you buy ink by the barrel, it's hard to resist the temptation, I guess. Fake news. It should be noted that even then, in the mid-30s, there were serious concerns about the type of media consolidation that Keith was engaged in and which his son would supercharge in the digital era. But young Rupert was Keith's son, so he got what he could do with a newspaper and a strong point of view. (laughs) In 1952, Rupert is 21 years old. He's at Oxford in England when his dad dies of cancer. So the family is forced to liquidate much of Keith's estate to pay taxes. Okay, And this, I think, because one of Murdoch's goals seems to be to use his... Newspaper power to install governments that will keep taxes low on Ah, him. Oh, well, that's convenient. His taxes low. Sure. So I think maybe dad didn't pay taxes or something. Okay. Like, it really seemed to damage the family significantly. There's a
0: big bill due upon dad's death. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: And they have to offload almost everything to pay for it. What they do get to keep are the papers in Adelaide. Okay. Which I, I gather at the time was kind of a provincial backwater. I... Like, it, I don't think it was the hotbed. That it is now. If it is now. I've, I've never been. Sorry. I'm, I hear Adelaide's lovely. It's a city on the coast. I mean, it can't yeah. be terrible. Can't so. be terrible. Okay. Anyway, Rupert, you know, takes over the Adelaide news and turns it into this big financial success. And he's like, cool. More, please. So he starts shopping around for other papers to buy. Soon, he is supplying news nearly everywhere in Australia. Wow. Yeah. And he applied the same editorial approach to all of his holdings, so they would like boost the sports coverage. They would run with scandal coverage, and they had like zany headlines to make sure that their messaging was driven home. Yeah, he is said to have invented the modern tabloid format.
0: Like what you had it, you had a good headline.
1: Uh, it was uh, headless body found in topless bar. Uh, is apparently a movie made based on a New York Post yes. headline from the from the uh, Murdoch era. If it bleeds, it leads. That's a thousand percent his uh, his opinion of things. In 1956, he, he gets married for the first time because this podcast is called Trashy Divorces, not History of Media Moguls. <laughs> so he marries Patricia Booker. She is blonde. She's a department store model and a flight attendant from Melbourne. According to a piece by Emily Jane Fox in Vanity Fair, Rupert's mother didn't think much of Patricia Booker. Mother-in-laws, but, man. Seriously. Also, Dame Elizabeth, his mother lived to be 103 years old, so what? we're probably stuck with Rupert Murdoch for quite some time. Holy smokes. So anyway, they have one child, Prudence, in 1958. The marriage lasts 11 years. Patricia was reportedly unhappy living in Adelaide, which again, I just, I think it just was not this, the modern city that it is today. Okay. It was just out of the way. They divorce in 1967, and this is the same year that he marries Anna Torv, a young reporter at his Daily Mirror in Sydney.
0: That's no time at all.
1: One assumes that perhaps there was a little bit of overlap in those two relationships. And yes, the actress Anna Torv, best known as Agent Olivia Dunham on Fringe, is the niece of that Anna Torv. Oh, wow. Mm Mm-hmm. Huh. True crime warning. And this is real. Like This really happened, and it's such a crazy story. 1969, two years into their marriage Terrifying tragedy So the Murdochs were living in England He had okay. started buying up British papers And one of Rupert's executives was a man named Alec McKay Alec and his wife Muriel I guess they were couples friends with the Murdochs Sure, They're older than the Murdochs are But okay. in any case The Murdochs went home to Australia for Christmas And while they were gone, they were like Hey, Alec and Muriel, like use our Rolls Royce Have fun, like, tool around town So, on December 29th, two men followed the Rolls-Royce to the McKay home and abducted Muriel, thinking she was Anna Murdoch.
0: Oh, no. They
1: had a ransom plan that played out horrifically over a period of several weeks that followed. Specifically, they demanded a one million pound ransom. It's not clear how quickly the kidnappers realized they had the wrong person, but, I mean, this is just, this sounds so horrible. They contacted Alec 18 times before they were caught. They were sending him letters that Muriel had written to prove that she was still alive. Like, sure. So they try to, like, arrange a payoff, right? He's going to drop the money somewhere. They're going to pick it up. The first place, this is in London, the first place just coincidentally is full of cops. So, like, it... bobbies. Bobby's, sorry. Uh, so it doesn't work. So they try again a second time nosy neighbors are like oh my god there are suitcases in a phone box police police this is this is unusual (laughs) if you see something say something well and i guess the (laughs) trouble like this is the start of 1970 and i think the troubles were just getting going at the time ira
0: is yeah yeah. so i think louis mountbatten yeah (gasps) yeah
1: surveillance at the second site despite the nosy neighbors, had, had recorded a blue Volvo pass slowly by the phone box several times. This was traced to two brothers, Neyamadeen and Arthur Hossein. The pair were broke after buying an 11-acre farm where they were raising pigs and chickens. Police raided the place the next day. They found various things that were very important, including a notebook with torn pages that matched all of those letters they got sent. Oh. And, of course, their fingerprints matched the fingerprints on the letters.
0: sure. And Muriel's rescued, right?
1: <laughs> what they never found was any sign of Muriel McKay.
0: Oh. It is assumed
1: oh. that they murdered her at some point and fed her body to the pigs. God. They spent weeks searching weeks, and they never found anything.
0: All I can think about is that Criminal Minds episode where, God, that's the worst one ever, where they, oh, God, poor Muriel.
1: Yes, poor Muriel. That's exactly right. So even without just the, for
0: knowing the Murdochs,
1: yeah, yeah. Yikes! Even without a body, they were uh, convicted of Muriel's kidnapping and murder and served twenty years in prison for the crime. Anna, who they thought they were kidnapping, was twenty-five years old. Is she rightfully freaked the fuck out. I, yeah, wouldn't you? I mean, I there would not be enough Xanax yeah, a... for me to ever be right again. The marriage persisted, though. What? does not kill us and our assistant makes us stronger? I, I don't know. There was your, there's your true crime interlude in the, uh, in the lives and you loves. You rarely
0: dip your toe into true crime. I really
1: do. I was shocked to see that. So that blew me away. There are okay. more
0: similar similarities than I knew in this. Mm-hmm. You got plots and I murder. Know, and I know,
1: yeah. Um, mother-in-laws. Okay. So back to Rupert's business, which, you know, he is all in, he is now, he's in Australia, he's in New Zealand, he's in England. So this marriage to Anna... She is so smart. She is so on like she literally sits on the board of his company, but like she is so on board with his vision. They just fire on all cylinders. They click hard. And so and she is integral to she is like his his loyal supporter at all turns while he's buying up like respected newspapers and turning them into trashy tabloids. Right? Like Okay. But he, she's on
0: board. She's dedicated, yeah, yeah, yeah. Devoted um, wife.
1: But he's not like a popular guy because People's hometown newspapers are getting turned into garbage. In England, he's hated. Um, they call him like the dirty digger because his papers are obsessed with people's Trash. private stuff. Yeah. He buys New Zealand's The Dominion. He launches Australia's first national daily newspaper, The Australian. In 68, he grabs uh, the British tabloid, News of the World gets the sun a year later and when he uh, when he hired the an editor for the sun, he explained, I want a tearaway paper with a lot of tits in it.
0: Well, oh, he's a classy guy. He's a classy guy. Classy
1: seventy two he buys Sydney's The Daily Telegraph. Seventy three he purchases some uh, papers in Texas and the next year he moves to New York City. He founds the US supermarket tabloid Star and mm. in seventy six he buys the New York Post.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's talk about the New York Post, because there's a tie-in, one of your favorite...
0: Oh, I know. I love it.
1: The founder without a father. i this- sorry.
0: I think you mean Rupert Murdoch ruined the New York Post. I mean...
1: It could be argued. Uh, This paper was founded by Alexander Hamilton in 1801 and had been a respected big city paper that generally promoted high-minded liberal values throughout most of its history.
0: Who lives, who dies, who tells your story?
1: It was also a profitable paper for most of its history, something that has never been true under Murdoch's leadership. The Post is now super trashy, sports a decidedly conservative editorial slant, and apparently loses tens of millions of dollars a year, with some estimates as high as $110 million a year.
0: That's a lot of smackaroos. A lot
1: of smackaroos to just let float away. But I mean, you know, he's got like Fox News pulls in billions a year, so he's, he's got it. Yeah, was a... So in the 80s, into the 80s, he's still gobbling up newspapers, but he also starts investing in satellite television and even entertainment. He buys a 50% stake in 20th Century Fox in 84. He wanted into the U.S. television market, but there was one problem. What's that? Under the law at the time, a foreign national could only own up to a 20% stake in a television station. Really? So Rupert Murdoch is like, fuck it, I'm an American now, and naturalizes.
0: Oh. He's just
1: like, yeah, I I can't get as rich as I want to be as an Australian, so fuck Australia.
0: Sweet Jesus. The hypocrisy in this story is so strong.
1: Yeah. So 1985, Rupi is an American now, buys up a network of independent television stations, and this forms the nucleus for Fox Broadcasting, which will soon bring to the world The Simpsons and other good shows. So.
0: No, I'm not going to diss on The Simpsons. I'm not a good show.
1: X Files was on Fox. Okay. Fringe was on Fox. Fringe was on Fox. Yeah. All through this, at his side was Anna. Raising their three children, Elizabeth, Lachlan, and James, as well as Prudence, who lived with them as well.
0: Daughter from the first marriage. Daughter from the first marriage.
1: Which I found that interesting, too, that he apparently, like, took custody seriously of his daughter. You know, like, a lot of men at that time would not have, but he did, so good for him. Not sure
0: how great her mom was in that, I think she...
1: I got that impression, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, okay. But as the years went by... Anna was growing weary of not really having, like, a fixed address. Did they live in Aspen? Did they live in New York? Are they Did American? They Are they Australian? Yeah. Are they English? Who knows? What the hell? And she, of course, had to try to fill the long stretches of time while Rupert was away on business. She took up the cello. Good for her. Didn't really suit her. No. She went back to school. She got a degree from NYU. Oh, wow. And then she wrote novels. She, she's written three novels, which were very well received. Holy cap. She was hoping... As the years went by, I mean, they were married for 31 years. She was like, wow. Rupert, why don't we go hang out on our 155-foot yacht, drink champagne. You and enjoy the good life. Throw a fucking line in the water or something. Let's like, be done, yeah. Have friends over. You can wear shorts. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, like, consider, <laughs> consider what they had built. Like, by 1997... Rupert has been a huge player in British politics for decades, and Tony Blair's New Labour was campaigning uh, for like for in the election that year. Okay, the Conservatives had been in power for 18 years; they they were just done. And Murdoch sensed, like he knew Tony Blair; he sensed, like I can work with this guy, right? Rupert switches parties. He'd been a big Thatcherite. He'd been, but you know, he sees a chance to turn the Labour Party into a kind of more conservative. Free market kind of vehicle. Okay. So he backs Blair and New Labour, and they win in a landslide.
0: One in a landslide.
1: So Blair becomes prime minister. During the Blair years, Murdoch was described as an unofficial cabinet minister, and his influence was such that people say that Blair and Murdoch ran Britain for a decade. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, from Anna's perspective, they have enough. They have more than enough. They are billionaires, they can make and break governments. They have a brood of adept children, and they're getting older. Like, that would
0: be enough. We're good. Why Wear not, shorts.
1: Why not relax? Go to brunch. Why not relax and enjoy it?
0: <laughs> I love it that we're so middle-aged that like brunch is the biggest deal. Like,
1: Let's go to brunch. All right. Instead, in the late 90s, Rupert's eyes gradually turned to the Chinese market. He couched his interest in the language of free markets and crushing autocracies, but everyone knew it was really about the billion pairs of untapped eyeballs and the ad dollars they could generate. Mm. He bought a stake in an Asian satellite broadcast network and started planning his invasion of mainland China. Wow. In the process, Rupert meets an employee of that satellite network named Wendy Deng. Dang. Dang. And an affair commenced, as it would. Oh. In April of 98... Rupert leaves Anna.
0: (gasps) What does Anna have to say about this?
1: It was a complete shock to her and one that she put entirely at the feet of Rupert and Wendy in like, she's only done, I think this is the only interview she's given after this. Okay. 2001, the Australian women's weekly. She says, I think that they're like, so what ended the marriage? And she's like, I think that Rupert's affair with Wendy dang. Dang. It's not an original plot.
0: Hey, she has a degree from NYU.
1: She's, the not, she's a good communicator. It was the end of the marriage, wow. his determination to continue with that. I thought we had a wonderful, happy marriage. Obviously, we didn't. To make matters worse, Rupert announces this through Liz Smith, the gossip columnist at oh, The Post really? that he owns. Yeah, she wrote... It is with some personal sadness that I announce the amicable separation of Rupert Murdoch and his beautiful wife Anna after 31 years of marriage and three children. The Murdochs say their situation is very painful and leaves them torn, but they are attempting to work out their differences. Mrs. Murdoch, a novelist and philanthropist, will remain on the board and continue in the Murdoch businesses. Oh, well,
0: that's nice of them.
1: Yeah, it was also a lie. Uh, not long after, Rupert calls her up and is like, hey... By the way, you're not on the board anymore.
0: Oh, my God. You can
1: go to one more meeting. You can say your goodbyes. You're done. I cannot even
0: imagine being... I have dedicated 30 years of my life to your goals, to raising your kids, to doing everything, and you're just going to ditch me on a fucking doorstep.
1: Yep. Yep. To make matters worse, her son Lachlan is on the board. So she says her goodbyes, and then Lachlan escorts her out of the building.
0: Thanks, son. So
1: this is not the part where Rupert displays weird warmth that is a little charming. Yeah, I'm charming. waiting to hear the warmth yeah, part. Not, not there. More weirdness. So Anna is a devout Catholic. She consults Cardinal John O'Connor in New York. Like, she consults a Catholic cardinal about her situation. Sure. Who knew Catholics were so pragmatic? The cardinal of the Catholic Church is like, well, you don't have any choice but to divorce him.
0: <gasps> what? What? <laughs> I think he may have missed a lesson in cardinal school. I
1: mean, good lord! So, I thought that was crazy pants. Uh, there was no prenup apparently, so when the divorce was finalized in June of '99, so over a year later, okay, Anna walked away with 1.7 billion dollars, including
0: 1.7 billion dollars, including
1: 110 million in cold hard cash.
0: That is a lot of smackaroos. There's a lot of
1: smackaroos. The settlement also puts her children and prudence at the front of the line for payouts from News Corp, just in case he should have children with future wives. Anna remarried a few months after the divorce was finalized, and she and husband William Mann, a financier, live in the Hamptons in a home owned by Yasmin Aga Khan. Really? Yeah, I have a feeling you... I have heard of the Aga Khan... People.
0: Uh, Princess Yasmin Aga Khan is the daughter of Prince Ali Khan and Rita Hayworth. She of Gilda fame. Uh, Rita Hayworth will be an upcoming subject of a trashy divorce. She was married and divorced five times. Wow. She married Ali Khan after Orson Welles. Wow. Yeah. No, it's a, a fantastic story. I can't wait to talk about Rita Hayworth. I didn't know. That's interesting that they bought.
1: Actually, I think they rent
0: Yasmin Aga Khan's house.
1: I think they rent her house. Interesting. From her. Mm-hmm.
0: What I did see is Six that, Degrees of Separation. It's all spider webs in this podcast.
1: Yeah, what I did see is that uh, y- Yasmin Aga Khan is really active in Alzheimer's charities. Do you know why that is? Because her mother died of Alzheimer's.
0: That is very true.
1: Yeah. Okay, back to our story. Rupert Murdoch remarried seventeen days. After
0: 17 days?
1: 17 days after the divorce of his 31 year long marriage was finalized. 17 days.
0: That's a knife in the heart.
1: Wife number three.
0: Dang.
1: Wendy Dang is a Chinese national who I think was born into a pretty privileged life there, although by Western standards, that's not saying a lot. And here's why I think that both of her parents are engineers, and she has three siblings. And China had a two and then one child policy for most of the second half of the 20th century, including like she was born in 69 or 67 or something. So the fact that there were four kids tells me that they were able to...
0: Given a little cover.
1: Yeah, they were able to to get something worked out with authorities. They apparently had a bigger apartment than their friends, but they didn't have hot water. (laughs) No one had hot water in the city that she grew up like wow anyway so yeah when I say privileged I'm not saying she lived an opulent life it was very spare it was very spartan but Um, more
0: privileged than her peers and contemporaries but but her
1: her friends had it a little bit worse so Wendy Dang is 37 years younger than Rupert Uh, by all accounts though she is an enormously intelligent and driven person she came to the states in 1988 on a student visa and enrolled at Cal State Northridge, earning okay. a degree in economics, then headed to Yale for an MBA. Oh I mean, wow. Yeah. Okay. Little issue along the way though. So when she got to California, she stayed with a couple named Jake and Joyce Cherry. By
0: what do you mean stayed with?
1: So Jake's company had done work in China and so the and the family moved there briefly.
0: Okay. And Was they, she like a foreign exchange student or a no, nanny? They, they or... met
1: her, like she they met her there, and so when she wanted to come to the States, they they were like, Cool, stay. We'll with be us. your host family. Yeah, okay. Exactly. You know how this is gonna go though, right? By nineteen ninety, Jake had left Joyce and married Wendy. Oh. Who he then sponsored for a green card.
0: Wow. Their
1: marriage lasted just a few months longer than it took for that green card to come through. What? Yeah. He will not. He talked about it one time and to a reporter, and he has never spoken about it since.
0: Dang.
1: The boyfriend that she was cheating on him with. Oh also my Jesus! Will not discuss. Like a friend of his was just like whatever happened between them broke him. He's broken. <laughs>
0: so, oh my God!
1: Anyway, uh, by the late '90s, Wendy had finished up at Yale and taken a job at News Corp's Hong Kong outfit, Star TV. As an example of how talented she is in the workplace, the position that she was offered and accepted was an internship. Within a year, she was a vice president. Excuse me. She was in charge of programming for like the entire Asia region. Like, it just uh, say what you will, and I will say some things about Wendy Dang, but she is an incredibly capable person.
0: Or she had really nasty blackmail pictures on people. We've both been in corporate, and you wonder how people move up the way they do. I'm not saying. <laughs> That's what she did.
1: Yeah, I have no I'm just saying
0: that's an awfully quick rise in a corporate structure.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wow. In 1997, she met China-obsessed Rupert Murdoch and began accompanying him on trips as a translator. <sighs> Obviously, it became much more than that. So when they married, they did it aboard the yacht, Morning Glory.
0: That Anna that wanted to retire Anna onto and let, let Rupert wear shorts, wear shorts and, and fish.
1: Jesus. y'all. Yeah. Charlotte Church sang at the wedding. Pe- ah. People marveled at Rupert's rejuvenation under Wendy's care. He took up yoga and started eating healthier. Uh-uh. He darkened his hair and bought more casual clothes. They were wildly in love, although it's during this period that some of the more nefarious activities of his business life occur.
0: No, this is just a trope. What does that mean? <laughs> just the common like middle age crisis. Oh, I'm yeah. marrying a younger woman. Yeah. I'm coloring my hair. Yeah. Except he was dancing on tables
1: I guess he was in his late 50s when they married, so I just I mean I' old just,
0: enough to still feel young
1: yeah I think of Rupert Murdoch as he's just a very old man yeah, obviously he was always been like 90 yes right okay yes.
0: like when I think of Rupert Murdoch I just see Scrooge McDuck, but <laughs> go ahead <laughs> right counting all your gold yeah, I'm Scrooge McDuck yeah I mean maybe I have on pants shorts would have been cool, but what else?
1: I mean, counting all your gold, and then, like, if, you know, you, the president, and the White House won't take my phone call, like, launching a years-long campaign against you. Jeez. Okay, so, for instance, there was the phone hacking scandal in the United Kingdom, where it was revealed that reporters at Murdoch Tabloids had routinely hacked into phones and computers of crime victims— the families of soldiers who died in combat... You can't do that! ...and even victims of the July 7th bombings in 2005. Oh, my God. So his tabloid News of the World shut down entirely. It was not the only outlet that was implicated, but it was it was the core. There are like 25 people who've been criminally charged in this to date, but it, probably there will be more.
0: These are dirty deeds.
1: These are dirty deeds. And this thing came out in 2011. So the fact that they're still like, yeah, probably... We're probably going to arrest more people.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Um, This prompted regulators to take a stronger stand on Murdoch companies, which is one reason why Comcast now owns the Sky satellite network that Murdoch used to own huh? or owned a lot of. He was going to bid for the rest of it, but UK regulators were like... Dude, your companies are shit.
0: (laughs) You're full of dirty deeds. You Mm -hmm. can't do that. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're an irresponsible corporate entity, and we don't want to let you do that. Well, at least
0: some country has laws. Good for them.
1: Yes. On the other hand, uh, Murdoch and his papers were big Brexit backers, so let's Uh. not pretend that he won't break your country if he's pissed off. Uh. In the U.S., this is the same period where Fox News was essentially a hunting ground for sexual predators like Roger Ailes and Bill O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. And the network ultimately paid out tens of millions of dollars, maybe more. Hundreds like,
0: of millions? It, yeah, we're well, never going to yeah. know.
1: To silence accusers. And it can't be known how many careers never happened because women were chased out of media because they were so abused at the network. Mm-hmm. All right. So Rupert and Wendy are happily married. They have two daughters. She seems to make it her mission to make Rupert cool, even though, you know, he's just not. He's just not a cool dude. But soon, Nicole Kidman, Hugh Jackman, Bono, David Geffen, Queen Rania of Jordan.
0: Wow. Rania?
1: Rania? 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 Okay.
0: I think. I'm acting with confidence on that. I don't know.
1: Just be confident. Barbara Walters, Vera Wang, Barry Diller. You know, this is their social circle now. Like... Wendy is one of those people. Like, she... Wow. Just, she loves people. In with the jet set. She becomes close friends with Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner (laughs) before they have some weird and not quite well-explained role in the White House, you know?
0: No, they go on vacation together. Like, for months Mm. at a time. It's weird.
1: Yeah. Wendy is remodeling properties that Rupert owns. She's going clubbing with her fabulous friends. And Rupert heads to bed at whatever time 80-year-olds head to bed. (laughs) Like because there's that 37-year age difference. And Rupert is a workaholic. I mean, as always, he is consumed with his work. So it's not exactly clear when rumors of Wendy's infidelity began. Oh, no. And it seems... Dang. (laughs) It seems possible (laughs) to me that he might even have tolerated this for some time. Older guy,
0: younger woman. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But around 2012, there are some prominent names that begin to attach... To Wendy Dang in the scuttlebutt of the, you know, Murdoch household staff. Like who? Like, for one, Eric Schmidt of Google.
0: Oh. He
1: has denied that anything ever happened. Sure. For another, Tony Blair. Jesus, no way. The former prime minister of the United Kingdom, who had been close friends with Rupert Murdoch, who had been co-prime minister with Rupert Murdoch. Who, you know, Rupert Murdoch had the unofficial seat in his cabinet, who, like... Oh, my God. Who turned a blind eye, like, throughout the 2000s, there were numerous instances where, where like, phone hacking was suspected, attached to Murdoch's tabloids, and the Blair government never did anything.
0: If you'd just gone fishing with me, I never would have cheated... On Oh, God. Yeah.
1: So... Uh, isn't Tony Blair married? He is. He's been married to his wife since 1980. They have four kids together. Oh, yeah. my God.
0: This is trashy. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Murdoch's longtime friend, political ally, ally who ignored his misconduct in London. According to Vanity Fair, the, the Blair affair uh, lasted several months at least. Yikes. And the Murdoch household staff became fully aware of it <gasps> because... Wendy would invite him to... No. ...properties Rupert owned. No. Staffed by Rupert's people. No. And they, you know, they would see Tony walk into the master bedroom and pull the door closed. Ugh, ugh, Ugly. Important to note that Tony Blair has strenuously denied...
0: <laughs> Natch.
1: <laughs> ...infidelity. But on June 13th, 2013... Believing himself betrayed by his wife and his longtime friend Tony Blair, Rupert files for divorce from Wendy and ends his friendship with Tony, obviously. There had been pre and post nuptial agreements in the Murdoch Dang marriage. Because he's learned. Because he's learned. So the settlement was private. The day that both of them appeared in court to affirm the settlement to the judge, and the judge, you know, and and you recognize that by signing this document, it means you will not go to trial and you accept the, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Rupert gets there before Wendy does. And, you know, reporters are waiting. Probably post-reporters are waiting to see what the boss man's doing. <laughs> so he's looking pretty dour. Like, he gets there, you know, sits down. He's just kind of frowny and whatever. Like, he would. Wendy walks in about 20 minutes later, and Rupert Murdoch lights up. Really? Like, yup. Smiles. He is genuinely happy Aww. to see her. And they have two daughters together, so it's not like... And obviously, he is, like, he is an involved parent. <laughs> like, say what you will about Rupert Murdoch, but he's like, he kept prudence when, again, men in right. that era usually didn't. He's super. He
0: accounted for all of his kids. Yeah, all yeah. of his
1: kids have jobs in the company, and well, not anymore. But like yeah. J- James bailed. But so as of this writing, Wendy is still single, living in New York City, raising Grace and Chloe. On March 4th of 2016, Rupert married Jerry Hall, what Mick Jagger's partner of 20-plus years. You're kidding. The mother of Mick Jagger's four children.
0: Oh, my God.
1: In a ceremony in London, and a week later, Rupert turned 85. (sighs) So, hope springs eternal, and the Murdoch (laughs) clan's family reunions are gonna be lit. (laughs) Uh, Rupert did not immediately support Donald Trump in 2016. But came around to him. And once Trump was in office, it has been reported that Rupert asked if the president could have the U.S. intelligence services look into whether Wendy was a Chinese intelligence operative. Oh, my God. It has further been reported in Rupert's Wall Street Journal, no less, that U.S. intelligence warned Jared and Ivanka that Wendy was using their friendship to advance Chinese interests. (sighs) We're not saying. (laughs) We're just telling you what Rupert's papers wrote. (laughs) Wendy and Rupert's daughters, Grace and Chloe, have full stakes in the multi-billion dollar family trust, a decision of Rupert's that caused some anger with the older children and Anna. To smooth things over, he gave every one of his kids 150 million dollars in cash, which would do the job.
0: What? 150 million? Yep, just oh.
1: Don't worry, here here's a down, bank down payment. Cool. Yeah, here's a down payment on your inheritance. Don't worry about it. 150 million. Please don't be mad at me. Chump change. That's kind of right. Don't be mad. Scrooge McDuck. Here, take some gold. So we can expect that the Torv Murdoch children and the Dang Murdoch children will have decades of uncomfortable events to get through together. (laughs) Jesus Christ. In the U.S., (laughs) it appears that succession planning is in full effect. In March of 2019, 21st Century Fox, the entertainment arm, was sold to Disney for $71 billion. Excuse
0: me? 71 billion? Mm.
1: <gasps> and Fox Corp, which includes Fox News, Fox Business, and Fox Sports, was spun off into its own standalone company with Lachlan Murdoch at the helm. Lachlan is said to be even more conservative than his father, <laughs> but given the state of conservatism today, it is not clear to me whether that means Lachlan believes in lizard people and the hollow earth theory. Who knows? Uh... In any case, it's fair to say that the Australians of the 1930s, wondering aloud whether Keith Murdoch's media empire was healthy for democracy, had a point. point. (laughs) (laughs) Rupert Murdoch has spent decades corrupting Western institutions and feeding internal resentments while making personal decisions that leave him wondering whether he spent 14 years married to a Chinese spy. It's a weird life. (laughs)
0: Unbelievable.
1: And one that future generations may well look back on as the person who brought an end to the age of democracy in the West. Rupert Murdoch, everybody.
0: Oh my God, that is some trash.
1: It did end up being a little funny.
0: <laughs> that is some trash. Uh, that
1: story had everything. That true uh, crime both international stories espionage. this week had everything. So let's just... talk about
0: trash cans.
1: Yeah. How do you? Uh... Um. Mary Queen of Scots gets a lot of trash
0: cans Mary Queen of Scots gets A lot A lot of trash cans with crests and Gunpowder I don't know Um,
1: You want to break it up by Yeah Split up maybe Mary and
0: Francois as a death That's just sad yeah. But I can't imagine that that was going to be a very fruitful marriage sure. For a very long time We'll give
1: that a one We'll give that That's a one trash sad. can That's
0: yeah. uh, Darnley Pshh. Ten trash cans with gunpowder and, and syphilis.
1: Copenhagen.
0: No, that's Bothwell.
1: Oh, damn it.
0: Uh, Darnley's the murder your secretary. Yeah,
1: yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. Darnley gets ten. Oh, Darnley. Ten
1: Italian trash cans.
0: Ten Italian trash cans uh, designed by Gucci on fire. Sure. With syphilis. Bothwell. I. There was a lot of machination. He's a bad dude. I can't say what her... That, I don't know. That's probably less trash cans than Darnley. Uh, Four trash cans. Mary Queen of Scots herself. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: A, lot. A lot.
0: A lot. Like, because, bad, but, bad taste. Because her
1: picker is broken. Her picker
0: is broken. <laughs> so she couldn't find the trash if she wanted to because her picker's broken. There you go. All right. Alright, Murdoch.
1: Five wig wearing trash cans for Mary Queen of Scots. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um so I think with Murdoch it's probably best to break it out by as well. Um the first one, like maybe two, just because it does seem like mom Seems a ended little up lighter. being gross with uh with their daughter.
0: I'm going higher for Anator for sure. Yeah. Oh Thirty one years. That's yeah, that's just... that's
1: five. That is just you're cheating on like mm. it's such cl- i it, it, you're right. It's a classic It's just a trope um, of middle-aged businessman. Uh, Okay,
0: five for that.
1: Five for that. Um, You know, I think that Wendy Dang probably is maybe not officially an intelligence asset, but certainly is, you know, answering questions when they're asked. (laughs) And so you've got one of the most powerful men in the world who is so tied into, you know, three, count them, three major Western democracies married to someone who is feeding information to uh a let's say an adversary um
0: you would tell us how many trash cans they would get but it would compromise your intelligence sure.
1: it's classified it's
0: classified
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the number is large um and then honestly, you know, I have a good feeling about this Jerry Hall thing. I think uh I think he's had his last divorce. Well, Jerry Hall's
0: She's got a significantly younger.
1: Well, she's like 59 and he's, he's 85. Seven. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Keeps him on her toes. She's older than Wendy Dang. <laughs>
0: Jeez. Dang. Well, hope springs eternal. We wish Rupert Keith Murdoch the very best. Keith Rupert. Keith Rupert. In his fourth marriage.
1: In his fourth marriage. um, And. I mean, seriously, Lachlan, like, he kind of scares me because to be more conservative than Rupert Murdoch...
0: I don't even know how you do don't that.
1: Don't you mm. Don't you put on a uniform when that's the case.
0: <laughs> Wowza. And that's a wrap for another episode of Trashy Divorces. Um, so many trash cans. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in yep. to another episode of Trashy Divorces. I hope you enjoyed... That whole wild and crazy ride as much as we did. Keep your head about you. Go fishing more. Wear some shorts.
1: Wear some shorts. Keep that head on those shoulders.
0: Keep it freedom. Thanks, y'all.
1: Keep it inky.
0: <laughs> We're done. Bye.
1: Bye, guys. Keep it trashy.
0: <laughs> and thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia, by us, Stacy and Alicia,